Welcome to the LU Moment. Thank you for listening. I'm Shelley Batanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. During the past few weeks, Lamar has announced several new staff positions, including the appointment of Dr. Talissa Thibodeau. Thibodeau has been named the Dean of the Rio Honors College and Texas Academy of Leadership and Humanities. Thibodeau is an award-winning educator. She's a celebrated teacher and a distinguished researcher who joined Lamar University in 2015 as a faculty member. She was assistant professor in the Digital Learning and Leading Masters of Education program in the Department of Educational Leadership in the College of Education and Human Development. In 2018, Thibodeau became the coordinator of the program while simultaneously serving as the director of digital literacy for the Rio Honors College beginning in 2017, and now we're thrilled to have her as dean over these two dynamic and unique Lamar University programs, the Rio Honors College and the Texas Academy of Leadership in the Humanities. Another national, uh, another appointment, a national search was done, and Dr. Hector Flores has been selected to serve as Associate Vice President and Dean of Students in the Division of Student Engagement. Flores is a veteran of the Marine Corps where he earned a Combat Action Ribbon, Iraqi Campaign Medal, Global War on Terrorism Medal, and various other awards. He joined the Lamar University Police Department in 2014 and has served as the Chief of Police since November of 2014. He was responsible for establishing the Incident Command System at LU that dealt with Hurricanes Harvey, Amelda, and Laura, and he was responsible for the evacuation of LU students who were living in the dorm during Laura. They evacuated to Texas State University. He has been instrumental in creating and supporting the Hispanic Society Student Organization, which is one of our newest student organizations. And Chief Flores has worked with recruitment and their efforts to attract Hispanic students to attend Lamar University. So congratulations to both Dr. Thibodeau and Dr. Flores. We're excited to have them in these new positions. We had another big announcement on the LU campus in the last few weeks. Dr. Ken Young, Associate Professor of Educational Leadership, is the recipient of the David J. Beck Teaching Excellence Award. Lamar University President Ken Evans extended the award, bestowed the award, which comes with a $25,000 check, uh, virtually by interrupting one of Dr. Young's classes which is kind of fun. Um, in the past, of course, Dr. Evans has interrupted classes in person, but because of our current situation, he interrupted via, via Zoom or whatever platform. And Dr. Young will have to tell us. Dr. Young joins us today. Welcome. Hey, good morning. Glad you hey, get started, uh, Shelley. I want to just, uh, I, I feel honored being listed with, with uh, the folks that you were talking about being new hires or new positions at Lamar. Uh, I've had the privilege of being a, a co-worker with Dr. Thibodeau. She is a phenomenal hire for that position. And uh, Dr. Flores was uh, one of our students in the DACA program. Uh, brilliant, brilliant man, and, and I have no doubt he's going to do a phenomenal job in his new position. I, I, I agree. I think these are just really um, incredible people, and they're going to do amazing things at, at Lamar. But but. But you're the one who's won the highest teaching honor at Lamar University. Congratulations! Um, hey. Yeah, we're we're so we're so proud of everything that you do, and uh, not only on the Lamar University campus, but really across the state and nation. Let's let's talk about that teaching award first. What does it mean to you um, professionally and, and and personally 
to be uh, recognized for for your teaching for your for your life's career. Um, you know, it is it's incredibly humbling. Um, but, you know, because as as we talked before, you know, I, I don't. Teachers don't do these things for the accolades. We do it because we care, because we want to make a difference. You know, there's there's a sense of calling with what we do. But but uh, we, you know, I, I like everyone else. You know, I like being appreciated. I like being affirmed that I am doing a good job. Because man, you have a lot of days where you're wondering, am I doing anything worthwhile? Am I making a difference? And so, um, you know, to have my students nominate me and to be honored in in this way by the university is just incredibly humbling. Because I also recognize that. You know, I'm nothing without the people who have poured into my lives, my life, from from my parents to to my community in Southeast Texas. I'm a Nederland grad, so to have you know the, the folks of Mid County and all of Jefferson County pour into my life, and make me who I am. The mentors that I've had, um, you know, the people who have spoken into my life. Um, it, it's just it's it's humbling, and and you know, I'm I'm thankful that I can honor all those people, hopefully, by the way that I, I live out my life um, in this in this position. You know, I became acquainted with you through the, uh, through the pandemic. Uh, you were really coloring outside the box, I'd say, last year about this time. I heard about you and several other teachers who were helping other teachers. You became the teacher's teacher uh, for, for just not teachers, but schools and districts across Texas to help them move to online learning. So let's talk about that effort and why, I mean, you basically just donated your time to help these folks move to online learning. Let's talk about that effort, what, what you did and, um, and, and what's been the result. Uh, well, so, um, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm driven heavily by my theology, and, and it, it's about service. It's about helping. It's about being there. You combine that with my, my personality and just, you know, how I was raised to, to be a fixer, to do things, to be a problem solver, to, you know, just run, run, run to where the problems are and, and work to help. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when, when COVID struck, um, you know, unfortunately, my co- my colleagues that I work with are of the, of the same, uh, you know, cut from the same swath because um, we were having conversations and saying, look, you know, we've, we've had the privilege of doing this. Um, and, and learning from our mistakes and, you know, growing as online educators for, you know, almost 10 years now. And so uh, knowing what these educators were going to be facing and, and, you know, these are the people we serve. These are the people we teach. These are the people that uh, we love. And so, um, you know, we just started quickly brainstorming how we could get, get in the fray and, and help them make that transition from face-to-face to, uh, you know, doing the best they could in, in online uh, instruction. Uh, it was, it was you know, so we just, you know, with the help of folks at Lamar, some of the people behind the scene helping us with the technology, making sure we had a platform for doing that. Um, you know, we just, we started advertising on social media uh, and mm-hmm. through, our, through our students, you know, emailing them and just like, hey, if there's anything we can do, we're in. And so, you know, Dr. Heinemann, Dr. Cummings, uh, were you know my, my uh, colleagues that jumped in there and um, you know and, and then you know we we brought in the rest of the faculty I mean the entire 
education faculty, as well as some outside the, the College of Education, were like, hey, whatever you need, let us know. Um, because if you know, we, we just started looking all hands on deck. Anyone who had experience right. at the universities that, that taught online, you know, we want you to, if you're available and willing to help, we, you know, we need you. And, and like the faculty at Lamar, that's just what they did. They jumped in. I, it's just such a great story, and I know y'all worked with um, schools and districts really across the state and, and out, you know, to the greater nation. And, and it really shows that Lamar, you know, exemplifies that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, because we, Lamar, has been doing online education um, because of the hurricane. I mean, we've had to move to an online, um, you know, modality uh, way back then, we were devastated by hurricanes. I guess we uh, we started to realize the need, and then along came Katrina, Ike Harvey, on and on and on. And so, you've been teaching in the digital world for ten years. Did you say? Uh, yeah, we started uh, our when I came to Lamar in January of two thousand nine. Our master's program was already online. The master's in educational leadership, and by two thousand ten, we had. Uh, we were running both a hybrid uh, model. I think we still had our fully face-to-face program and launched a fully online program. Um, so, yeah, right at right at uh, 10, 11 years. But for these teachers across the country, when they were made to go online, uh, they didn't have that background except those who had been trained at Lamar University, which is um, really uh, became so significant uh, last year about this time. So what do you think going forward? I mean, everybody wants to know what does education look for or look like, you know, going into the future and, and what have teachers struggled with and what do you think has changed? I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but, you know, look into your crystal ball and tell us, what do you, what do you think it's going to look like going forward? Um, you know, there, there is really no, um, easy answer. I don't think, I, I think online virtual learning will, will be a part of it. It, it really kind of depends on, uh, the experience with it, I think, because I, you know, I know there are some, some, uh, schools that are going, nope, never again. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. they, 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 they see some of the gaps, they see, uh, some of the issues, that, that were created from from the crisis mode, and, and I think it's important to differentiate between crisis mode instruction and you know fully online instruction because um, they look a lot different. You know, when, when, yeah. when COVID first hit, that was that was crisis, man. We right. were trying to pivot quickly, and, and you know, I know I focus a lot on P through twelve, but there were a lot of higher you know institutions higher ed that were doing the same thing. They were you know, yeah. Lamar being one of them because not every program at Lamar was you know. You know, instructors had that experience, and so you know, trying to help them pivot and know, you know, here's here's what you do, here's how you do it, here's the easy way to make this transition, which is right. you know somewhat tongue in cheek because there is no easy way to do the transition. No easy way. Um, you know, and so, um, but you know, I I think some schools have recognized we can do this, um, and and I really think that's going to be one of the greater challenges, you know, for schools that that. You see the benefit of technology, and there is a there is a benefit. I mean, I I was probably one of the um, largest critics uh, you know, when we started looking at moving online because I was like, "There's absolutely no way we're going to be able to replicate what I can do in a classroom in an online environment." Interesting. And there are some there are some limitations, but I've also seen where you know you can 
have effective learning in a virtual um, setting, in a virtual context. Uh, we, see, we see it all the time with our students. Now, it, it requires a high level of self-directedness and things like that, as well as, you know, really rethinking your, your teaching, how you instruct. And, and I think that's going to be um, a real challenge for, for public education, you know, uh, pre-K through 12 settings, is kind of moving from the mentality of having, um, you know, technology folks. I mean, you've got to have the technology people who can troubleshoot and help you find tools and things like that. But there's also a need to shift uh, in understanding how you design uh, a, a virtual classroom. It's not as simple yeah. as just creating, you know, avatars and, you know, um, you know these cute virtual classrooms. It, it changes the whole instructional method, what you do, how you do your assessment. Um, and, and really, if, if it's thought through well, um, not only can it enhance, uh, you know, uh, people's educational experiences by creating differentiated ways to learn. But there's some things that can be learned in the face-to-face environment as well that are applicable. And it's, it's really kind of moving back to some basics of what uh, psychology has taught us about learning for, you know, over the last hundred years. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's one of the really great benefits uh, that, you know, come out of this, this uh, COVID pandemic is we could kind of throw away, or set aside accountability, or the focus on standardized testing as accountability, and, and go back to thinking, how do we teach? Um, which is what's most important. That's right. Okay, we've got about one minute. I know you're doing a new thing. I really want you to talk about it um, in our doctoral program. Can you tell us what you're doing with public education and Lamar University? Yeah, and I'll, I'll try to do this really quick. Uh, okay. So, one of the one of the, the things that um, has has really been a critique of um, higher ed, especially in regard to the relationship with public education, is this this gap. There's a disconnect. And so one of the things that I've been working towards for the last couple of years with my doctoral students is bridging that gap. And so what I've been doing is, you know, some of our alumni who are in leadership in school districts, basically I contact them and say, listen, I've got a group of students who are needing to do a dissertation for their final product. Can we come to your school, help you address a problem in practice? You know, basically they come in as free consultation teams to the school district. The school district, you know, uh, they're involved in the process. They help us discover the problems of practice that need to be addressed. We do all the data collection. We do all the background research. We, we analyze the data, then provide a report to the district, uh, the, the, you know, the school board, whoever wants that information. And really trying to create a, a, a cycle of uh, improvement within school districts. Um, and so our students, the benefit they get is they're in novel experiences outside their own school districts. Yeah. And they get these experiences. They build new, new connections, new networks, new experiences yeah. that they can take back to their school districts. And so, okay. it's, uh, so far it's been a, 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 just a phenomenal experience for, for everyone involved. Yep, it's a win-win, and that's why you are our David J. Beck uh, Teaching Excellence Award winner, and we appreciate you and everything you do. And I know 
the teachers, the schools, the districts out there across the country appreciate what you're doing, too. Thank you, Dr. Young. Um, you're just, uh, you make us so proud at Lamar University. And we thank you for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley DeTanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the Pride, Southeast Texas.